Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! And welcome to Ready to Believe You, a Ghostbusters podcast. The only Ghostbusters podcast that brings my cat to work. I'm allergic to cats. Me too. Not really, no. Um, I was trying to continue that I quote. really am. No, I really am allergic to cats. Oh, I know you are. Uh, I'm Nick Layton. <laughs> and I'm Rip Camelucci. In case you couldn't tell by the, the quote, uh, we're covering Ghostbuster. 2016, a.k.a. Ghostbusters, answer the call. I don't know. (laughs) The first time we just said Ghostbusters, you said Ghostbuster in the singular, and it's just so weird to hear that in the singular. Yeah, I'm weird. Anyway, it's Ghostbusters 2016 slash Ghostbusters, answer the call. There is a trailer. I think Nerdist made it, but it's for a movie. It's uh, it's about Winston. It's just called Ghostbuster. (laughs) And it's like, it's, it's just Ghostbusters from Winston's perspective. I would watch that. I would watch, watch the shit the out of shit that. Shit out of that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we're we're covering uh, the reboot this episode, and before we get into it, though, I have some new business we need to discuss. <laughs> oh, I love, I love addressing new business at the top of the show. I have three things I want to talk about. Number one, uh, we're recording this in August. This episode comes out. I want to say in October, but we just saw. You mean the Rocktober? S- Hell, according to the game Brutal Legend, made by Double Fine, starring Jack Black as Eddie Riggs. Did you ever play Brutal Legend? It's a great no, game. No, I don't know anything that you're talking about except Jack Black. Uh, there's a PS3 game. It was also an Xbox 360 and P- uh, PC. It is a real-time strategy game. Um, it's called Brutal Legend, and it stars Jack Black as like he gets sucked into like pretty, pretty much like a metal album cover. And he it's like... The cast includes Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Rob Halford. Um, it's great. Tim Curry wow. has a voice. Anyway, it's a dope game. If you can play it, I fucking recommend it. It's hilarious. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like, it, you think it's like a hack and slash, like God of War, but then like they introduce real-time strategy and at one point, and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Anyway, okay. it, came out, it came out the same day as Uncharted 2, and that's but- why that game failed. Because well, people, it was because it was very weird, and it came out uh, the same day as like one of the greatest video games of all time. Anyway, I want to see. Anyway, so Rocktober, we're in August though, and we just watched the Ghostbusters Afterlife tr- second trailer that revealed more of the plot. And um, I'm going to be straight up with you; I was not going to watch it, uh-huh. but then something kept eating at me. And then I finally watched it and then immediately hated myself afterwards because I feel like it revealed way too much. Yeah, put a, put a lot out there. Yeah. Which I don't know why studios feel the need, which I'm sure if like we went back and watched the trailer for Ghostbusters, it's like, oh, they gave away a, a shitload in this trailer. But like, I don't know. 
I guess our minds are brighter and we can re- do more research now. Yeah, also, like, you know, no one knew what the fuck a Ghostbuster was in 1984 before the movie. Um, so, like, even if there was a lot revealed, there wasn't much context. So you're just yeah. like, well, this all looks wild. Yeah. Uh, whereas now, like, you know, we have so many years of backstory and all that stuff. So you see, you know... There's a lot of imagery you could just put in there, and you're like, oh, all right, well, we're getting Gozer, we're getting, you know, all, all this stuff, so. Yeah. We're getting a, the uh, the same Stay Puff advertisement that's on the side of the building, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, the shot of all the ghosts in the beginning, the first movie, mm-hmm. which I thought that was cool, that continuity with, like, they painted the same old school mural on the side of a building in New York as they did in whatever, you know, I think this is, I think it's set in Oklahoma. It's called an ad buy, Nick, and a lot of companies do it. I work in uh, advertising, and I should know this. Yeah, but you know what? We don't we don't do billboards, so suck it. Um, so yeah. Uh, what's your? Uh, my initial reaction to the trailer was no, <laughs> but I've come around to it. I've come around to appreciating it, and I and knowing I'm glad. what they're doing. I'm glad that you have. Um, I'm I'm very resistant to this movie from the moment it was announced. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like this is a cash grab on Jason Reitman's part, someone who I was a big fan of previously and I thought had a lot of integrity and said he would never do a Ghostbusters movie. And then um, uh, uh, Tully bombs and here we are. Um... Did I see Tully? No, I saw... What, what was the other one he did with... Uh, Charlize? Young Adult? Young Adult, that's the one I watched. Young Adult's incredible. That's a great movie. Fuck, I yeah. love that movie. But I also didn't see Tully, so we're part of the problem. We are the ones to blame for the reason why he had to resort to a sure thing, quote-unquote. Well, here's um, the thing about Jason Reitman. We know he's a good director. He is a good director. And he's Not made, enough of the rest of the world knows he's a good director. But he's made... And he's made funny stuff in the past. Thank you for smoking is hilarious. Yes, it I is. I think. Yes, uh, up in the too. air is up in the air is very funny, but it's I also love up in the air. Dramatic. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Young adult was very funny. Juno is funny. So yeah, <laughs> but my initial reaction to this trailer compared to those is those trailers were funny. This one was not. <laughs> and a lot of people had a very similar reaction. Um, yeah. But then also a lot of. I don't want to get into all that shit. Probably a lot of the same people that didn't like uh, answer the call. Which we're uh, going to get into that. I'm telling you right now. We are going to uh, get into all that shit. We're defending this trailer saying, well, Ghostbusters was never really a comedy anyway. Uh, to which, to those people, I'll say, I think I said a very similar thing. But I also said that Ghostbusters 2 is a much funnier movie than the first one. And that is my favorite mm-hmm. of the Ghostbuster movies. So, to that I say, suck it. I will be just saying that to those people... For the rest of time, to be perfectly honest, all of those people can suck it, which is, I believe, what I posted after I saw Answer the Call the first time uh, was, hey. He's not going to say suck it. I enjoyed this movie. (laughs) So if you didn't, suck it. Oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, as far as the trailer goes, um, it's just it's just everything that I was kind of afraid of. you know, like I'm not a big fan of like them being teens now, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of just kind of like rehashing all, and re, like going back over old 
stuff like you know gozer and all that stuff uh and all this does to me is confirm my biggest fear it all but confirms my biggest fear that we are going to get a harold ramus cameo quote unquote uh in the form of egon being a ghost i don't think that would happen i i would be i would be flabbergasted if it didn't I feel like these people have enough respect for Harold Ramis to not have him be a ghost. I think that they think that that is respectful. Well, I'm like, because I, because right, right before we started recording these, I watched the, the movies that made us episode mm-hmm. about it, and like the Harold Ramis part, I'm gonna tell you straight up, teared up. I tear up every yeah. time I think about Harold Ramis. And Egon and yeah. like his legacy because it's fucking awesome. Yes, and um, just watching that, I was just like, "All right, I don't think they would do that." But at the same time, the same episode they talked about how they had a John Belushi ghost. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's even more evidence yeah. to the fact that this would be also in line with a legacy of honoring those that have fallen uh, yeah. too soon. You know, within the Ghostbusters universe, this uh, this movie in particular did a good job. Actually, the call did a great job with honoring Harold Ramis by just having yes. him be a bust. Which I, in my I've notes, touched, I've touched that bust. It's at Second really? City. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's in the bar at Second City. Oh shit! Okay, well now I have finally have a reason to go back to Second City. The uh, uh, Second City. In case anybody doesn't know, is a MC Escher labyrinth uh, that you have to walk through <laughs> many staircases to get to many places and elevators and escalators yeah, and whizzlators and boopsy bops and it's like, it is it I, is I it is an unnavigable unna- fucking hellscape um, that you will die in. I'll never forget one time I was just hanging out at Second City trying to go up a stair and all of a sudden I heard uh, David Bowie singing and I looked over and it was Gareth, uh, the Goblin King from uh, <laughs> Labyrinth. And he was walking down, he was walking down a staircase that was flipped 90 degrees and he was walking, he was sticking out, he was sticking out like a normal person wouldn't and he was just walking down the stairs. That's a true story. That's what it was. But uh, yeah, if you go into the night, I think it's like 1954, yeah. whatever the name of the bar is. Yeah. Um, right when you walk in, there's a hostess stand, and when you look to your left, there is uh like a bunch of photos from like alumni from Second City, and, and like I'm telling you, all the Ghostbusters are there except for Ernie Hudson because he wasn't in Second City, but they're Man. all Ernie Hudson would have been a great improviser. It's not too late. Yeah. Oh God, could you imagine? It'd be great now. Anyway, um, but yeah, they're all like picture on the wall with these booths. But if you keep if you go past the booths, there's a staircase. And at the head of that, like, you can see it. You can see it from the host stand is the Harold Ramis bust. So go to Second City and check that out. Yeah. But anyway, back to this trailer. Uh, I But I love that they were doing special effects like in the first movie. They look great. Uh, special effects look great, in my opinion. Do they look like it's from the first movie? The I don't fucking, know, man. The, the, the shit flying through the streets, it looks like the stuff that's happening in the magic "Quote unquote" montage after they release all the con- goes to the containment unit. It, it, the, <sighs> yes, I'm telling you. Go- yes, but it is all still just going to be CGI. I know. You know, go through and watch the watch that commentary I was telling you about that Jason Reitman did for the. Trailer. Where is it? It's on IGN. You don't have to go to the website. It's on their YouTube. I'll I'll, I'll send you a link. 
But yeah, it uh, it calmed my nerves after I watched that trailer. I was like, all right, Jason Reitman, you know, is coming from a place of love, and it's obvious that, obvi- you know, it's fuck. He grew up while his dad made those movies, so of course he's gonna have a nostalgia for it, and it's gonna have. Yeah, my grab, my dad grew up running a, a, a seafood kitchen. Doesn't mean you want me steaming your crab legs. <laughs> uh, I have faith, okay? That's also going to be my new expression for um, when I'm angry. <laughs> oh, he's really steaming my crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I've watched it a second time, and then I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. So Yeah. Um, it's just the initial shock of seeing something that you love coming back and being like, this isn't how I remember it. But like, you well, know what? It's kind of like, uh, you know, we're not kids anymore. We're adults. So they're trying to gear towards kids as like a new generation of fans as well. <laughs> so I respect what they're doing. Um, I also don't like that it's in like the middle of fucking nowhere, but whatever. Yeah, that's very weird because, like, I'm gonna talk about with in regard to this movie, uh, New York um, is a is, character. Is a character. It, it really fucking <laughs> is, and that's one of my gripes with Answer the Call. But now on to second part of new business. We have a new theme that has emerged. So in our in our part two episode, come out a couple of weeks ago, or like a month ago or whatever. Anyway, our second part episode about the first Ghostbusters, we talked about unused themes and remixes and whatnot. Which mm-hmm. I went back and listened to it. I I enjoyed listening to us talk about this stuff and geeking out over different songs. But <laughs> one of those is the one that I said I preferred over the Ray Parker Jr. version, which is the um yeah. Take it back to the Ghostbusters. Yeah, that, that theme, I love it. Um, never mess with the Ghostbusters. Anyway, so that theme was mislabeled by a lot of people as the one by Hughes and Thrall, which Hughes and Thrall were members of Deep Purple who branched off and had a side group. It was the two of them. Mm-hmm. So they did a theme for Ghostbusters that was not used. And everybody was passing around the one that we were just referencing, saying, oh, this is the Hughes and Thrall version, you know, unused or whatever. And then Pat Thrall himself went on YouTube and said, no, that was not the Pat, the, the Hughes and Thrall version. This is the Hughes and Thrall version. And he posted it. So, Rip, are you ready to listen to the real Hughes and Thrall Ghostbusters theme? Yes. Yes, Typing I am. something in and I'm scared. Huh? Oh, no. Well... <sighs> Because there was uh, recently another unused uh, theme song uh, that was, yeah, here it is, um, that it, was... I'm using another computer for the audio, so I can't, if you send me the link, <laughs> I'm sorry. Type, uh, what's the, what, how, what'd you use to type it in? Oh, I'm still I'm still looking for it. So keep keep going. Right. Go go out and play what you were gonna play. Okay. I want you to listen to it though, because I'm gonna listening. Like, I'm listening. You're gonna be like, what? Yeah. Can you hear it? Yes. Oh, 
That's basically it. Okay, so yes, uh, that I—that's the version that I was thinking of because um, I believe that's also like co-written by Peter Aykroyd, and they eventually like repurposed the song uh, for Dragnet. Oh, is that the Dragnet rap? I think so. Yeah. Oh shit! Let's look. Let's listen to that because yeah. Since we're ta- I always go to. The I'm city so of- glad that's the one that you were talking about it's because the city, the city of crime. I, yeah. All I, how I came to it was, uh, uh, the article was just like, yeah, uh, Dan's derelict cousin, the, the the Frank Stallone of the Ackroyd family, uh, wrote this song for Ghostbusters that didn't get made. And then they reused it for another Ackroyd movie. But you came from it, from the, the Hughes and Thrall Yeah, don't you, love, don't you just love how I come at stuff from different angles? Hey, you know. I just want to say that uh, this is like, it's a music video for City of Crime, and they misspelled Dan, uh, Ackroyd. Uh, it was... ACK. It was... Uh, it was um, uh, uh, retitled, the song was retitled Dance or Die. Oh, this is City of Crime. Okay, yeah, no. Look up Dance or Die. Alright, Dance or Die. No shit. <laughs> Oh, no, it's missing the oh we oh we oh. They do not forgive. Yeah, there it is. Who is that singing? He's like it's like he's trying to be David Byrne. Alright, I'm done. Yeah. I like that uh the Ghostbusters theme is so much better than this. It's it's better. Yes, it is yeah. better. Um, uh, so yeah, that was that was sealed up closed that book that yeah. the other version was not the Hughes and Thrall version. I look forward to the next episode that we record where we'll be talking about three more unearthed uh, versions of a yeah. Ghostbusters theme. Oh, could you imagine if they just made a whole album that was nothing but uh, discarded Ghostbusters themes? <laughs> God. I would love it so much. All right. On a new business item number three. I am currently constructing a proton pack, everybody. Oh, okay. Rip, I'm revealing this to Rip live on the air, and I have two parts that I've 3D printed from the Neutrino wand that I'm showing off to Rip right now. So that's pretty dope. This is, wow. of course, this is part of the, the pack. 
And this thing I've been waving around for the past 19 minutes has been the grip, uh, the back grip of the Proton wow. for the Neutrino Wand. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty pretty stoked. Uh, it's 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 a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be to build a Proton Pack. Because okay, that was that was going to be my question: is um, when you're done with yours, can you build me mine, and how much will it be? Uh, I've spent more money than I thought I would initially, but it's less money than I thought I would in the long run. If that okay. makes sense. Okay. Anyway, I'm 3D printing it, and I have to like sand and all that shit because like some of the parts i printed like don't are supposed to fit together but don't fit together it's because i gotta sand them and then paint them and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but it's the electronics that cost a shitload of money anyway i've spent because i bought a uh, a motherboard which is what you attach the the attaches to the alice pack Mm -hmm. and uh, i spent eighty dollars on on that and another eighty dollars on a soundboard and another, oh. so like the a, a bulk of the money is definitely from the electronics and all that, yeah. all that shit. But okay, anyway. that makes sense. But taking a three D printer around has definitely um, saved me a lot of money. So get a three D printer, everybody. They're under two hundred dollars, and you can. I printed a part for a fucking lawnmower the other day. <laughs> Cause like, uh, uh, like my lawnmower is like missing a part. So I was like, fuck, I can, I can 3d print that now. And I did it. And it looks, it looks identical to the other part. That's wild. It's, two bar- it's, it's great. Anyway. All right, rip. Now that, that bullshit's out of the way, it's time to talk about 2016's Ghostbusters. Answer the call. Some people call this film Ghostbuster, but it is <laughs> Ghostbusters 2016. Uh, but yeah, um, or I'm going to do like we did with the, with the other movies. Let's talk about box office straight out the gate, okay? Give me them stats. All right. Release date, July 15th, 2016. I should know I was there. I was uh, there, too. Budget, $144 million. That is insane. It's a lot of money. Because the first movie was 30. The second mm-hmm. one was 32. And this one, 144. But we'll get into that later. Why it costs so much. Gross. That's what I, that's my review of this movie. I'm just kidding. It grossed two hundred twenty nine point one million dollars. Now worldwide, yeah, worldwide. Looking at those numbers, dude, this movie did not do well at the box office. So it still made over a hundred million domestically. Um, and also part of the narrative that always gets left out is that this movie, due to it having ghosts in it, due to it. Was not permitted to be released in like most of China, if yeah. not China as a whole, which is one of the largest markets for movies. Full stop. Mm-hmm. So who knows how much money it didn't make yeah. from not being able to be released fully internationally. So yeah. just saying, let's all let's let's take a look at the whole fucking picture before we go, you know, telling the story. Yeah, yeah, but that's uh. That's a pretty big budget. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a bloated budget. Um, and I think a lot of it was the cast because I know I there there's stories not confirmed, but like stories that Melissa McCarthy wanted a shitload of money for this movie. I you know, hey, I I'm never gonna begrudge, uh, you know, like an actor getting paid, you know. No. Um, but yeah, that said, the the movie also was just like fighting an uphill battle. From the moment it got announced, what the movie was kind of gonna be, you know. Yeah. 
which um, I do have gripes with this movie. I'm going to tell you straight off the bat, I loved this movie the first time I watched it. I loved it the second time I watched it. And then I watched it two times before we recorded this episode. And that, I think over time, it's the law of diminishing returns where it's just not... It's not... It's... We'll get into it. Um, I yeah. I, I still I still love this movie, but just not as much. It's uh, so I saw it twice in theaters, um, and I gotta say, the second time I saw it, uh, there a family came in the theater, and their uh, two little girls were dressed as Ghostbusters. See, that's and, cool. And like from there, just like that, that is what the fuck it is about. It's not about. Us, it's not about the fucking discourse. It's about that. It's about creating. I mean, like you like you alluded to, and you're not fucking wrong about Afterlife. It's about creating the new, the next wave of Ghostbusters fans, you know, and trying to capture their imagination like ours was. Um, I, you know, think it's easier to do that with a, a newer approach to it as opposed to trying to get kids this one way, but also they got to watch two previous movies that they're going to think are look old and antiquated. Um, so weird, you know, but whatever, what are you going to do about that? I, I, um, you hit the nail on the head. I remember when I watched, uh, I saw like stuff from like the premiere or whatever. And like a little girl, like it was just Kristen Wiig, like posing with a little girl dressed as a ghostbuster. And I'm just like, that's what this is really about. Cause I, I've talked about in the podcast, me, you know, the whole we got one sequence. I used to yep. run to my bedroom, put it on my Ghostbusters outfit, and run back and watch the rest of the movie in full Ghostbusters garb. Yep. And like I was just like, fuck yeah. Like little girls are gonna be able to watch this movie. They don't have to be like, but that's for boys. Mm-hmm. Like they've got their you know, they got their Ghostbusters now and they can do what I did and like geek the fuck out yeah. with this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I so upon this this rewatch, I uh I Thoroughly enjoyed it. I I, I really like this movie a lot. Um, but we'll, we will get into certain elements of it um, and what kind of like prevents it from really feeling like having the feel of a Ghostbusters movie, mm-hmm. um, and so on. Uh, but uh, <laughs> before, before I was going to say before that, do you want me to go to the top ten of the box office? Uh, yes, the week yes. it came out. Yeah. Um, and the first time ever a Ghostbusters movie opening weekend is not number one at the box office. Number one is The Secret Life of Pets, which I've never seen this movie. I heard it's good. It's it's tough to go up against kids' movies, you know? Kids' movies are a juggernaut unto themselves. All right. So number two, we have Ghostbusters. Yeah. Number three is Finding Dory. Number four, Legend of Tarzan. Okay. Number five is Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Oh boy. Number six is The Purge election year. Mm-hmm. Number seven is Central Intelligence. Number eight is The Infiltrator, a movie I've never heard of before. Number nine is the BFG, and number ten is Independence Day Resurgence. Jesus. Now there's now there's a fucking reboot sequel or whatever that uh yeah, that we can all agree. I have not seen it, but like I, I boycotted Same. that movie this this second they announced that Mae Whitman was not coming back to play the president's daughter. I was like, oh no, Mae Whitman, fucking not watching it, like straight up. Like I was just, I, like, I, I boycotted that movie all based off that alone because listen, Mae Whitman, she deserves to be in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, because she's anyway, she's great. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, that's the top 10. Now, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go into the movie? Yeah, uh, the trailers that uh, showed before on my Blu-ray before the movie. Oh, no. Uh, we had The Shallows, which I guess I'd never seen the trailer for that before, and... I don't know. That looked kind of good. Didn't you tell me that the, the Shallows 2 is basically a remake of a King of the Hill episode? No, that's Open Water 2. Okay. okay. Where they all jump out of the boat and nobody put the ladder over the side. And nobody thought to have a pack of cigarettes up under their hat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next trailer, The Magnificent Seven remake with Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt. Okay, that Vince movie D'Onofrio. was The movie was scored by James Horner, who I love because he did the score for Sneakers. So I definitely Little need to James watch. Horner. I need to watch that movie. <sighs> the next trailer was I do need to watch a movie though. After watching the trailer, I'm just like, <sighs> yeah. I heard it's great. I mean, obviously, sure. it's not, you know, it's a remake of a remake. Which, yeah. Uh next was Inferno, the last of the uh the the Da Vinci Code series yes i recently started i i got a master class i love that every time you list something i got fucking something to say about it um i recently bought a master class subscription for a year and ron howard's master class is great because he doesn't focus on like movies like that he focuses on his like really good ones which is great and like so there's a lot of talk about frost nixon which i watched frost nixon and i was like yeah this movie's fucking great yeah it is and um Anyway, I went that high. I watched Rush as well. Ron Howard's made some great movies and some not great movies. And some perfectly fine movies. I, I mean, he made Night Shift, and that escalated into Michael Keaton being in all of our hearts. So I am uh, grateful to Ron Howard for that. All right. Uh, the next trailer was Kingsglaive Final Fantasy Fifteen. Uh, it must be one of those movies that came out like the same, like a prequel for the game. You know how he did that bullshit. I don't know. And then the last trailer was uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Oh, that's an Ang Lee movie, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and then that one that was shot in like 60 frames per second or some bullshit was 120. Some bullshit. Uh, anyway, that cast, uh, aside from the titular Billy Lynn, is kind of stacked uh, and also has Vin Diesel in it. So... For anyone out there looking for Vin Diesel movies that aren't uh, fast movies, there's one. That's part of that. part of that. The other category in his pie chart that we made about his yes. career. Yes. Um. That's funny. Yeah. Let me tell you about my adventure watching Ghostbusters: Answer the Call. So I bought the 4K because I recently got I got a Sony television. I was like, I got. I, I was like, I need to get a Sony 4K Blu-ray player. To watch a Sony film on, and I'm gonna, and I said that I was like, I'm gonna buy a bunch of Sony 4Ks. So I bought like all the Ghostbusters movies. I bought um, Into the Spider Verse. I bought uh, the Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy. Mm -hmm. I bought a bunch of, you know, I'm a Sony boy when it comes to my electronics. So I was all I want is my first Sony. And so I popped in the 4K and discovered it was not the theatrical cut, but the extended edition. And then I panicked and said, is there an option for me to watch the theatrical cut? And the 4K said, no. So I had to watch the extended cut on 4K. Which oh. I have comparison notes. Uh, so I had the uh, I have the Blu-ray and it has both cuts on there. Mm -hmm. And it just lets you choose. Yeah, the Blu-ray doesn't. Because I later went on the Blu-ray and ran into the exact same thing you did. And it said, 
theatrical version, extended version. And I said theatrical, baby, because there's a reason why they cut shit out of the movie. Yeah. Look, Um, Paul Feig's no dummy. All right? Yeah. We'll get into that, though. So, uh... (laughs) Okay. Look, here's here's the thing. First person you see in this picture is fucking Zach Woods. Already out the gate. It's like, okay, let's have some fun. Yeah. And... (laughs) Well, the first thing you see is Ghost Corp. Ghost Corpse? Ghost Corp? Ghost Corp. Yeah. Which, this was around the time that Dan Aykroyd said, I want an MCU. <laughs> I want a Ghostbusters extended universe. And then this is the first thing they did. Because there was going to be, there was talk of a 21 Jump Street style oh. Ghostbusters movie with Channing Tatum. Wait, really? As a Ghostbuster? Yeah, that's I, all. You know, I've you know never the, heard of that. You know the leaked emails from right? Time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was discussed. Was like there was emails with Channing Tatum wow. going like, "I want to be a Ghostbuster," <laughs> and uh, they were like, "Yeah, okay." So they were going to have around the time this movie came out, they were going to have this one and then a boys. So it was what, what I like to call the McDonald Kids Meal style. You have your girls' toys and your boys' toys. And you could have picked your own, but obviously they ultimately did not make the boy version. Which yeah. I think we're all grateful for that. I want to get to a point in life where I could send an email saying I want to be a Ghostbuster and it be the correct context and not <laughs> weird anybody out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, like, Ghost Core. I, I, was, I was watching. I'm like, are we going to see that before the new movie? But I wouldn't be surprised because I think, yeah. like, they do. Like, that's just pretty much, like. The Ghostbuster banner, like production banner, basically. Yeah, but, but it was like, but I was just, it, it made me think about like, oh yeah, they wanted to do a Ghostbusters universe. Yeah. Like with like, just like Marvel was trying to do. Yeah. Well, you know, that was back, remember the Dark Universe? God, I'm still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Zach Woods, which I feel like. He was wasted in this movie. He's still great, but he could have been... Uh, I'm just picturing him as, like, a government employee. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he could be, like... He, he easily could play kind of just like a... Like a the, like the government bureaucrat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's probably, ultimately, like, when he kind of ages up a little bit, that could be essentially where his career goes. But, like, as the tour guide uh, for this mansion that we start at, he's... Funny as hell. The, the whole open, I love. Mm-hmm. I love this whole open. Uh, it's funny. It's scary. You got slime. Done, done, and done. Like, yeah. we're we're off to the races. Yeah. Yeah, this one definitely is scarier than the original ones, I think. Well, the open? Or just in general? Just, I, would, I, would argue, I would argue that... Ghostbusters 2 is definitely the scariest one. Because you've got heads <laughs> on spikes, baby. And it's also the funniest one. Ghostbusters 2 does it all! <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this one, here's the thing about this one, though, which is what I'm afraid is going to happen with Afterlife, is we talk, we touched on it earlier, CG heavy, because this one's got... Well, yes, I we will get there. I want to kind of hold off on the CG talk until yeah. we kind of get to basically the third act. Yeah, so this... Uh, yeah, so I did. I, I, I like the opening with Zach Woods about the, uh, you know, they built a wall to keep out the Irish... That was a good one. And then, God, what was another joke he made? They're just like, 
bangers after yeah the line, it's after just another. it's full-on like line-a-rama like apatow style just throwing out lines and he's throwing out lines and but let me tell you what the difference is with this sequence versus the rest of the movie zach woods is doing shit he's giving a tour there's a mm-hmm. lot of motion there's a lot of stuff for me to look at mm-hmm. whereas the rest of the movie it does it just doesn't all right so this is great and then like it kind of dips down a lot for me until the third act in which it ramps up ramps up to be, hmm. in my opinion, the best third act in all three of the Ghostbusters we've watched. I know it's a bold statement, but it's we'll get there eventually. I feel like I'm on an opposite trajectory with this movie. <laughs> really? Yes. So go ahead. But like, um, We'll get to it. Okay. That's what this that's, um, this, that's what this episode is going to be, is both of us going, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, eventually, we'll get to doing the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, the, it has a classic cold open. Um, and then, the next thing I have here is, um, uh, the fuck is Charles Dance doing in this movie? <laughs> yeah. For fucking real. While we, while we got goddamn... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why do we got the red eye from Last Action Hero in this fucking movie? Anyway. We got we got that goddamn fucking uh, uh, Tywin Lannister up in a goddamn Ghostbusters movie. This movie's weird because they just they just tried to pack it with as many fucking people as possible. Well, th- th- see that's that's where it kind of gets into this thing. It's like, well, what what fueled the other, you know, like, did they try and pack this with as many people as possible or were as many people as possible trying to get into this movie? Yeah. You know, like you hear they're making a new Ghostbusters movie. Oh my God. I've loved Ghostbusters all my life. Hey, Paul. Hey, hey, Paul. Hey, hey, Melissa. Hey, Kristen. How can I get in the movie? How can I yeah. like even the smallest part, you know, like I'm just, yeah. But, but like, of course you're going to compare it with the original because the original one, while we've talked about like, <laughs> Who could have been cameos in the original one? Sure, but, yeah. Like, I'm kind of glad they didn't go with cameos because I feel like they're distracting. It definitely does get distracting. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. It definitely uh, gets to a point where it's like a little detrimental because the whole time you're just like, oh, all right. And there's a few of them that just are in a completely different movie. Yeah. Like between Charles Dance and um, and Andy Garcia, uh, Andy, Andy Garcia is in a completely different movie. <laughs> what fucking movie? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. Uh, this is cutting way ahead, <laughs> but his his funniest part, and I just love this as a bit, is just the idea of of mayors being very offended at being compared to the mayor from Jaws. Oh, I that's one of the quotes I wrote down is never compare me to the, the Jaws mayor. Never. <laughs> like that's that's a really really funny line. But aside he's, from that, he he's is hol- he's holding <laughs> chopsticks as he's like pointing them at Christian Wick. Never. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, the next, yeah, my next note is like, so we get into like Charles dance and the whole like, yeah, book and all this stuff. And, he, and, and then, you got Kristen Wiig's character. Yeah. With the book and Ed Bakley Jr. Coming in and yeah. trying to help get her to help out with the ghost at the mansion. Yeah. Um, but I wrote down like, uh, there's so much technical jargon in this movie. There's a lot more than any of the other movies. Yes. And I just feel like it's just half this movie is people explaining shit to you. We're just like. In the original movie, I didn't care. Like, just yeah. let's just fucking go with it. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a class four full rubbing vapor. Sure, 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. You showed me one, that's what it is. But not like, this is what this stands for. Yeah. That's not doing it for me. It, it, it's, it's hard to kind of uh, speculate this, but it does almost kind of feel like uh, that thing where when uh, it's like, you know, women in the workplace and whatnot, like they have to like try X amount harder to like get across and everything like that. And they were maybe anticipating like that being one of the uh, complaints by, you know, fans were just like, oh, they didn't get this and that right or whatever. It just felt like overcompensating for what potentially could be. But I agree with you. It was, they just should have just like gone, fuck it. It's fine. This is what it is. We tell, it, it, this is what we tell you it is. Yeah. I, I just want to say like, before we get any further, like I, I, I thought this was such a funny fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like this movie's really fucking funny. It had me laughing a whole lot. Yeah. A whole lot. Um, but yeah, so Kristen Wiig's character doesn't get tenure. In fact, she gets fired from Columbia because of this book. <laughs> Which and, that's a that's a good thing because they go to the mansion mm-hmm. and it's the whole video where she's like, "Go surreal!" Then immediately yes, cuts yes, to like yes, 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 her yes. like squinting at the screen, like the classic Kristen Wiig going, "Good, I don't know who that is." <laughs> <laughs> like, who is that? That shit is fucking funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and like so before that, she goes to see. Um. Uh. I. I, I hate that I'm blanking on their characters right now. But Abby, also Abby. Abby Yates and yes. Julian Holtzman. There we go. Um. And uh. Da, 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 da. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We get like. Uh, uh, boy, why are my. Fu- why is my shit like all completely like out of. Did you take did order. you take notes in your iPhone and then did you sweat on your iPhone and all your mm. notes on your iPhone are now blurry? That's so. must that must be what it was. Um That happens to me all the time, trust yeah. me. Uh because I have in there the, the Egon bust. Um boy, do I love the character design on Holtzman. Um evoking yes. the real Ghostbusters style Egon. Um with the the high blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, it, it, oh God, just so good. And also, um, Holtzman is a character is so fucking. Her and Patty steal the movie. Like they're hands down the two best parts of this movie to me. Because like a lot of the lines I wrote down were Patty lines, and like it's just Leslie Jones delivers them so good. Yeah, they um. So kind of what I was trying to organize my thoughts around uh, was um, the fact that, like, so Chris and Wake and Melissa McCarthy are have to be kind of like the straight characters. Like, they still get some funny stuff in there. Yeah. But for the most part, they do have to play the straight characters, and, and that just allows McKinnon and Leslie Jones to just, just fucking stunt all over the place. They were... Far and away, like the best, uh, the the most fun in this movie, uh, and a, and a, and a, a, a very close third is, and we'll get to him is uh, Chris Hemsworth. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, I'm gonna get into this character thing, which this is what bothers me about this movie compared to the the just because it's Ghostbusters, you and it's a reboot, you have to compare it to the original because they made a movie that was so much like the original, like mm-hmm. same fucking plot and everything. Um, the first two, it's mostly 
it's your main six people, or I should say seven, include Janine, that are the hilarious people. And they're just surrounded by all these stiffs. And the stiffs are playing it straight. Yeah. And that's why the mayor's line, get him the hell out of here, is so funny. Is because mm-hmm. like they're just playing it straight. Whereas I feel like this movie is too many people going, oh, we're in a comedy, and like not playing it straight. Yeah. Which I feel like you need those people in a comedy movie, like an ensemble like this, is mm-hmm. that you, if you're having everybody being fucking Looney Tunes the whole time, it kind of takes away from the comedy of like our stars. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which is like, like, thank God Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones ramp that goofiness and hilarity up to like 11 because they're just in a sea of people being goofy funny the whole fucking movie. That's my main complaint about this movie is that there's not, we don't have enough stiffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I do know, I do know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Um, like it's like, Oh, we're making a funny movie. Oh, well we better, we better have everybody be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was also kind of like a byproduct of, of comedies at the time slash now, um, yeah. where, yeah, like everyone, if they're going to be in the movie, they're going to also want to be funny, you know? Yeah. Like, which was also a benefit for the previous movies of casting just like character actors to be yeah. all the different stiffs as opposed to casting a shit ton of comedy people, which it's really fun to see a bunch of different comedy people. Like it yeah. definitely like pops me and it does make for a, uh, a, a, cause again, I'll still stand by this because the movie had me fucking laughing my ass off. It, oh, it yeah, very, yeah. It's a very funny movie. It's a but funny it's, movie, it's, but it could have been. It's narratively thin. Yeah. 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 It um, I, feel, I feel like it could have been a lot better if yeah. we had more characters. Uh, I mean, something that I, I kind of wrote down was just the fact that it's so damn funny, but it is, it's, it's lacking in two things that make it feel like a Ghostbusters movie. It's lacking in charm, which, there's only like certain scenes and sequences with Holtzman really that kind of even start to dabble in, in like charming performances. Her, her dancing to the, that's the main one that I'm thinking of. Yes. Um, and then two, I was interrupt you. I'm sorry, but the rhythm of the night section, I just Mm -hmm. remember it was, it's just her dancing to rhythm of the night and like setting a fire and then putting out the fire like I just like the first time I watched that I cried I was laughing so hard and I still think it's one of the fucking funniest parts of the yeah. movie. Yeah, it was it was funny, it was charming, it was playful, and it like worked in that old Ghostbusters way. Yeah. The other thing that it was lacking to give it that that feel is an honest to goodness score. Um, yeah, man, score was bad, and even like the the needle drops and the songs were all just. V- versions of the old Ghostbusters theme. The every version because they have like two or three versions of the old Ghostbusters theme, and then they have a new version, like a new Ghostbusters theme yeah. for this movie. I know how hard it is to do stuff. Yeah, to make stuff. But Jesus Christ, I hate all this music. <laughs> it was yeah. It was it was rough. It was Theodore Shapiro. I love him. He did Wet Hot American Summer. Great score. I love that movie. Yeah. But like, yeah. It just, just, there were just, the there fucking were no, there metal were no, show, the metal show. Oh my God. That is the most unmetal song I've ever fucking yeah. heard in my life. Yeah. Like, I, like, if you're going to open up for Ozzy Osbourne, you can't be performing like that. 
Anyway, I'm sorry. Exactly. But yeah. I'm the, a metalhead, everybody. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call out that shit show. The anyway. the score itself, like it didn't have any sort of like signature, like you know, runs or anything like that. You know, it didn't have your, you know, there's it just a, didn't have it. I'm gonna jump to the very end of the movie real quick, since we're talking about the score. And whenever Aaron jumps into the portal to go mm-hmm. after Abby, um, I kept thinking about it's in the video game. Um, and we didn't touch about it last last episode. What I meant to was when they're in the like ghost realm or whatever in the video game. There's it's part of Elmer Bernstein's score that you don't really fucking hear in the movie, but it's like a burn burn. It's like an otherworldly like dirt dirt. It's like very dramatic, and I kept thinking about I'm like what if that song was playing in this scene? Yeah, and like I was like it would have made it more urgent and more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just yeah. Anyway. Um. And then, yeah, even, like, the other songs, like, on the sound, like, you know, there's other needle drops in, like, the the other two, in the first two Ghostbusters movies that, like, you know, magic in the first one, and, like, th- that just helped the movie just kind of, like, it, it, it it's propulsive, and it kind of really helps distinguish certain parts of the movie from other parts of the movie and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it just didn't have those songs. Um, that, that, like, yeah, we didn't have a... That's one of my main complaints about the movie. When they first go out in their full gear, I wasn't pumped at all. And I just think about them coming out to busboys cleaning mm-hmm. up the town and how fucking like, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah it yeah. just didn't have that, you know, yeah. to it. Like the, there were some good needle drops in the movie, like yeah. DeBarge. And if you had told me growing up that there'd be a Ghostbusters movie with DMX, a DMX song yeah. in it. I would have been yeah. like, get me to the future right the fuck now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like not where it it narratively needed them. Yeah. Um, so, and again, so like I still do really love this movie and think it's very funny. But those those two things in particular, I feel like for me are what f- keep it from feeling like a Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, something that uh, I, I didn't. I noticed this uh, in the first scene where uh, all three of them go into the mansion and they're, you know, they encounter the, um, the, the, the floating lady goes from the painting. Um, and I don't know if this was like a byproduct of when they also rendered this for 3d or anything like that. I don't know if this came it's across coming through the black bars. It's going through the letterboxing. Yeah. Like any action scene, they had stuff going like through the different black bar. I love later that. In, later in the movie, when, it's all throughout the movie. Well, I'm talking about later. In the, it's mostly through VFX shots. Yeah. But later in the movie, there's a close up of Patty where she's slapping Abby, and Abby is yes. breaking the letterbox. Yes. And then, like, yeah. whenever Aaron goes to save Abby through the portal, the bars go away because that was shot for IMAX. Oh. I don't know if you noticed. No, that. I didn't. But yeah, I uh, man, I had never seen a movie do that before, and I fucking loved it. That was so cool. Well, popping out of the yeah, yeah. I I thought that was just, just fucking neato. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it ha- had been movies, but I've seen other like things do it before, like online. Yeah, I've seen it. I, okay, so like to be clear, I've seen it done as like a gimmick, you know, mm-hmm. and like it's like called attention to but this was just just sort of done like it wasn't like hey look what we're doing it's just like it just happens and you're like oh shit yeah 
Um, so yeah, that sequence, which this was, uh, so I've watched the extended cut and the theatrical cut and they have different jokes. And so like, there's the part where, by the way, the amount of digital cameras, Sony, we're not using your digital cameras. Okay. We're using phones to record stuff now. So stop putting your cameras in your movies. We're it's not realistic. I'm sorry. Um, I mainly, but I thought that was a nice little callback to the first movie. When, yeah. but know. later on, Bill Murray's character pulls out a digital camera, and I was like, you know what? He probably would have pulled out a phone. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Hey, this guy's not walking around with a fucking mini DV camera. Anyway, it was, it was probably digital at the time. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, Holt's been eating Pringles the whole time. There's a joke. I forget what she says in the theatrical version. Oh, dude! They, uh, they ask her. Aaron asks her, and something, and then she's like, she says a line, a joke about the Pringles. But yes. in the extended version, it's a totally different line, and when she just goes, "Once you pop," and it, just the way she delivered it made me laugh. Yeah. But like, and then the theatrical version, I was like, I, obviously now I forgot what the joke was. So uh, yeah, it was, it was something cut. like you try, you try uh, not eating these salty, delicious little orbs or something like that. Yeah. See, um. Yeah, I I mean, that just kind of goes to, like, the linearama nature of the way they were making comedies at the time as well. Again, very Apatowian. Yeah. And, you know, Bridesmaids is very similar. And this this movie also has, a, a like, a linearama as well for, like, it, each different character and stuff like yeah. that. Like it, it really works for a movie like Bridesmaids, but right. not this. Well, that's, that's another one of the things where it's just kind of like, if this movie wasn't called Ghostbusters, you know? Like... Would it have been kind of like, oh man, this is so cool? They made like a, a a spiritual Ghostbusters movie, you know? Yeah. And it would have been like received a completely different way. Like so much of this is just so weighted in it being actually Ghostbusters, you it's, know? And it's so it's hard to like. Nuts. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks because I I I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm just kind of like. One of the things that I hated myself, myself for doing is that I, as I was watching the movie last night. Um, I was going like, I was just keeping, I was very aware of the pacing of this movie Mm because the pacing of the first Ghostbusters is quick. Yeah. Very fast. Whereas this movie has a much slower pace Mm -hmm. and a lot longer runtime. Yes. And I kept thinking like, well, at this point in the movie, we've already busted a ghost and you know what I mean? Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, why do we need this scene? Yeah. Like just, I kept comparing it to the original one just because the plot, I mean, it's the same fucking story. You know, but like altered, tweaked every now and then, you know yeah. what I mean? Just to make it a reboot instead of just yeah. a straight up, you know, which I feel like. I liked the introduction to Patty. Uh, we get introduced to the fourth Can member I of the team my thought? a lot. I'm just, okay, I'm sorry. Just saying a different plot would have been good if we didn't just. I hate it when movies are. Uh, I feel like they have to continue on with the previous thing case in point the Terminator movies which a lot of them feel like we gotta put time travel on this no you don't you have to put time travel on this but what I'm saying is a Ghostbusters movie doesn't have to be a business opening movie like this one was just yeah. like the original one Yeah. anyway yeah Patty I love I love that they combined Dana and Winston into the same character I thought that was mm-hmm. genius that they did that anyway Patty's introduction yeah. <laughs> No, that I mean that's basically just what I was gonna say. Yeah, was, sorry. <laughs> it was great, and it also came in a lot earlier than we meet the fourth member of the team as well. That's good. Yeah, I like I do like that a lot because yeah, 
introducing a character later on in the movie is just weird. Yeah. Like, but and and because also we get introduced to Patty at the same time we get introduced to Rowan, who's yeah. our main antagonist. What do you think about him as a villain? All I wrote down was Neil Casey. What a choice. <laughs> yeah. Which I think um, he does a great job. He does do like, a great job. And I, I was, like, stoked to hear that he was cast as, like, the villain in the movie. I'm like, okay, cool. You're in this, like, offbeat kind of just, like, comedy scene guy. Yeah. To have a big, meaty part in this huge movie. Um, I'm excited for him. Um, and he did kind of play the role well of basically yeah. an incel. Uh <laughs> And before we had a word for it, I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, it was it was um, you know it was it was just also kind of a thin character as well. Yeah, it's just like I'm a guy. I got picked on. I want to kill everybody. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Like, they didn't put as like I will say they they put in a lot of work with the other characters because we get like obviously more backstory into these characters than we do with the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, we, oh, know yeah. That, we know that Abby and Aaron grew up together, like, went to high school together. We know Patty, you know, has an uncle. Which, by the way, Ernie Hudson's cameo is the best cameo in the movie. Because Thousand percent. I did not fucking see it coming. <laughs> That's the only reason why I think it's... The you mean it he, was the end of the movie and he was the one cameo you haven't seen yet? Well, we hadn't seen Sigourney didn't... Weaver yet. Sigourney Weaver, they fucking true, tagged her true, on true, the true, credits. True, 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 But, true. like, uh, you don't... I, I forgot about the cameos at that point just because of how great the third act is. And then I was like... She's like, oh, it's my uncle. And I was Ernie Hudson gets out. And I, in the theater, yelled, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like hell yeah. Anyway. Um, but, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, uh, Rowan, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so, like, you know, this this kind of feels like one of the sort of um, uh, attempts to make it different from the first movie. In that, like, oh, we'll a- we'll actually go ahead and see, you know, Evo Shandor, you know, the one who yeah. makes all of this actually happen, and where like Bill Murray's character, like, was kind of introduced to seem like he would be kind of that bureaucratic sort of antagonist to your group, like mortal antagonist. Um, <coughs> you know, and then they, and then Bill Murray said, uh, no, you've got me for two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they kill him off. It's very unclear what happens to his character. Yeah. It's weird, but um, like they're not arrested. So he didn't die. Yeah. But, <laughs> Well, he, they didn't kill him. A ghost did. No, but yeah, you explain that uh, to uh, whichever UC beers they got to play those cops. Explain that the Toby Huss, which is... That's uh, who it was. Yes, fuck. Sam Richardson's a cop later. Yeah. Explain it to Toby Huss, which... True him out the window. That is the best <laughs> True him out the window. Not through. True. True him out the window. Oh, God. Y'all tell me that they true him out the window? Perfect. Uh, I love Toby Huss so fucking love much. Him, love him to death. Yeah, I don't know if it's still on Netflix the time this comes out, but there's a movie. It's Lynn Sheldon's last film, uh, Sword of, of Trust. Trust. It better still be on there. It like, just got on there. But uh, his character, his name is Hogjaws, and it's... It's Toby, like, Toby Huss as a guy named Hogjaws. Like, I don't know how the fuck else to sell that movie to you. But anyway, I love Toby anyway. Huss so much. 
Um, uh, anybody who listened to our Halloween episode from the 2018 Halloween episode of Welcome to Haddonfield, first season of this series, will know how much I love Toby Huss. Uh, where are we at now? Uh, well, so kind of jumped ahead talking about Bill Murray's character, but uh, I think we're Rowan, at the point. Rowan, yeah. yeah, we were talking about Rowan. Um, and then they like go down and they do like the test and stuff like that with the uh, one ghost. Also, at the same time, around this time, they're also uh, hiring a receptionist uh, where the reception hire sequence that went on for way too long, in my opinion. That so here's again it's funny, I, this is this is this is a, a by, this is a byproduct yeah. of them shooting digitally and being able to like uh, shoot a fuck ton yeah and so even when you do cut the movie down to two hours it feels like you cut it significantly yeah. and so you have scenes that are a little over bloated plus when you're surprised with a comedic performance from thor uh, you want to kind of get as much of that in there as possible, which this leads into my theory that Hemsworth came onto this movie with the uh, the the express direction that you we're sending you to comedy camp. You're gonna learn from these incredibly funny people. You're gonna le- learn from these these Jedi comedy masters, and then you're gonna come back and you're gonna be the funniest character in the MCU. That is 100% what I wrote down in my notes. That's been my theory, like. Since the movie, I I watch and like I I I just yeah my note for that is grateful for this film because it paved the way for fun Thor. Yes, absolutely. This is one thousand percent where he cut his comedy chops, and it helps that yeah. he was just a fucking natural at it. I believe I have down here. It says fucking Hemsworth. It's just not fair. It it helps. Yeah, that Hemsworth is funny, but like also it's like there. Yeah, you've got. Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, and Melissa McCarthy, four of the funniest fucking women on ever. earth. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it, ever. Sure. And to do scenes with them is great. But after the Mike Hat bit, they should they were like they should have been they should have cut it there because yeah, like yeah. as as we as we say in the improv community, blackout. Yeah. And yeah. just bitten like, "All right, you're hired, whatever." Cuz yeah, it's just a beat too long, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, again, this is, like, how they were just making comedies at this time. Like, you could say the same thing about every fucking Apatow movie. That's and true. if we keep pointing it out every single time in this movie, it's going to be a fucking 12-hour podcast. Yeah, that's true. Um, but before this, I want to talk about a extended cut line versus a theatrical cut line that I wrote down. And one of them made me laugh my ass off. The other one, I just went, uh. <laughs> and, I'll t- and I'll let you get... <laughs> so... It's when they're going around trying to find a research facility for, you know, catching ghosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kate Dippold's character, the real estate agent, shows them the firehouse from the original Ghostbusters. Co-writer of the movie. And, yeah, of course. And they love it. They love it so much. And then they're like, we'll take it. And then she says, rent is 21000 a month. And in the extended cut, Aaron immediately replies, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and I screamed i was laughing so hard i was like that is the best use of an f word like your one f word in the pg-13 movie ever yeah and the theatrical cut she just says burn in hell and i just yeah. think fuck you is a, 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 re, a more realistic response and it's funny <laughs> yes absolutely it also would have been i believe that would have been the first 
fuck in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, so, you know, after after Ray and the ghost, you know, that's it'd be the second well, fuck. Well, hey now. Uh <laughs> usage of the word. Let's put let's let yeah, me rephrase. Okay, okay. Uh what so it wouldn't shock me if like even like Sony was just like, no, we don't say that in these movies. Yeah. That's another thing about this movie is that I feel like there's too much studio meddling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is, you know, at this point, one of Sony's only big <laughs> properties. Um, well, so that's not Spider-Man. Spider that's not yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, that at that point was, you know, tangled up with like, what are we going to do with this fucking thing? And they were resisting going into the MCU. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah, not, not shocking at all <laughs> that there would be a ton, way too many studio notes in this movie. Yeah. Because there's like, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go in. I just feel like the original one, the original Ghostbusters just watching, going back and rewatching the the movies that made us episode on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, just, it just made like the, <laughs> it just seemed like at the time Sony and Coca-Cola were like, oh, well, fine. Do what you want to do. Yeah. You got 10 months. Yep. Where this one movie was like, you have no fucking idea how much is writing on this film. Also, we're going to have a lot of product placement in this movie. Yeah. Which, by the way, more this than movie just had, Coke. This movie, hands down, had the best product placement I've ever seen in the third act in the Times Square. It was a Twinkie billboard that said, Yeah, that was That's good. a big. That's yeah. the only good product placement I've ever seen. Uh, it also had the worst product placement I've seen uh, of them all eating Papa John's pizza in fucking new york that is fucking ridiculous and you brought it up this movie was filmed in boston and you yeah. can tell and like yeah. i hate that about this movie well also, it didn't matter where it was shot because they uh filled it all in in cgi oh boy yeah you can tell like during the third act when they're in Times square it's just like yeah this is obviously like CGI'd for sure. Yeah. Uh, they did. So I guess we'll just like have half of that CGI conversation now. Um, they did do something that was kind of cool with the way they shot the CGI is anytime there's going to be elements of CGI that were going to be close, like to the actors, like bodies and faces. So like, for example, for the, the um, Neutrona ones at the end of it, they fit it with, red led lights yeah so the light that would be showing on the characters in the movie would actually just be like natural light from the source they did the same thing with like any of the ghosts like if you look at behind the scenes footage of the concert and when that big ghost gargoyle is standing on sitting on leslie jones's shoulder she has like this big green led like necklace that she's wearing so like all that green on her face is is like real to an extent. So that was kind of interesting. Like all the ghosts, like you see like shots of like all the people playing the ghosts or whatever. They're all in like blue LEDs and stuff like that. Yeah. It's always good to, I, cause I've obviously, I've obviously, you know, fucking know what the fuck I've done, but um, I've done stuff in the past that has VFX in it. And yeah, I've, I've always used on set lighting for those lighting cues because if you go into After Effects and just add a light on somebody, it looks fake. Whereas, yeah. just use a real light and, yeah, that's always better to do that. Um, also, just one thing about Patty as well. Loved her gimmick of just being like the New York knowledge database, basically. Yeah. That right. was a really fucking cool gimmick. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> the part where she's like, uh, th- that's the line I like. Was like, did you know this train station was up under, uh, up under a prison, and they would do electrocutions all the time, and they would just, and it got to the point where they just said, shoot them. We're using too much electricity. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> shoot them. It's just her delivery of that line's great. And, Speaking um, of lines, a nice little meta line. Uh, well, uh, sorry. Go ahead. You're probably going more in order than I am. I was going to say Nate Cordry graffiti scene is unnecessary. It gets us the logo origin though. Fuck off! I don't give a shit. Like somebody could have made that shit. I mean, I don't. It's a I cool shot. Mean, I like the shot though. I when they like, when that shot was in the trailer of just like the graffiti, like yeah. on the subway wall, that was my fucking Facebook profile header. Straight up. It was that's, great. That's a, it's a it. good shot, but like, we didn't need... We it's didn't need it. it's heavy-handed. <laughs> it's heavy-handed. It's like, we don't need... Like, the original Ghostbusters didn't have that, so why the fuck would they need yeah, that? Anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, my next note is that there's just not enough scenes of them in their full Ghostbusters costumes. Mm, we get there, though. I feel like... I didn't feel short shrifted on them and all their costumes. What I was going to say was uh, after the subway ghost interaction and they mm-hmm. post the video, the, the, the video on YouTube, the meta line being, you're not supposed to listen to what crazy people write in the middle of the night online. All right. There is multiple jokes dedicated mm-hmm. to this. And I feel like it's not aged well. Like, it was funny at the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're responding to the backlash. But, like, as time goes on, people are going to forget about that. And it's just like, why the fuck are there so many references to, you know? I feel I like they did, they did too I, many jokes dedicated to it. What were the other jokes? I don't even remember what they were. Um, Like, ain't no, ain't no bitch going to catch no ghost. And, like, it just, like, stuff like that. Like, that mm. they, they said. Because they, like, <clears throat> it was, like, reading the comments on, like, Aaron's video. And then, like, reading the comments from others. Like, it's just too many instances of them reading the comments, is what I should say. And they're like, oh, yeah. you should never read the comments. Um, yeah. I Well, one, that I think that piece of advice is probably going to age incredibly well, personally. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Ne- never, you know, never read the comments. Yeah. Like, I, I like don't know. I, I do kind backlash. of feel like that... I don't know. I feel like the outside stories, you know, and th- and and all of those, all the the outside factors around this movie, like are are just kind of always going to be forever, you know, ensconced Ever- around watching this movie. You know, evergreen, evergreen. Yeah. Um. So I don't I know. I feel like there's there's certain movies that I watch now, which I feel like I'm have to explain that joke to my kids. I feel like that's an instance of like, you know, there's like stuff that happens. Like, I'm going to have to explain that. To yeah. I mean, there's definitely the hell I'm talking about. stuff that gets like dated and stuff like that, where it's just like, oh, that's a, that's way too contemporary of a reference. You know, But I feel like, I feel like that really dates it. Yeah. Is what I'm well, saying. yeah, but I also think it is part of like the narrative of the, it's part of the meta narrative of the movie. Like, at least it's something that has to do with the movie. And that's if you true. are like, what are they referencing? You look it up and like you get and like say it's like, you know, 35 years down the line. And you're like, what the fuck was that talking about? It at yeah. least kind of like 
shed some of of context around how the movie came out. Whereas, like, if it's just some other bullshit Apatow movie and they're making, like, you know... Uh, Man, uh, is really getting a beating in this episode. Well, I mean, it's part of, like, the directing tree with, like, Paul Feig and stuff like that. Like, they, yeah. they're, you know, they work together a lot. So, like... It, You're talking about heavyweights? Oh, well, those are kind of talking about mostly uh, Freaks and Geeks. But, yeah, heavyweights. Um, but... Yeah, whereas opposed to, like, yeah, just some Apatow movie where they, like, make a fucking, you know, uh, uh, some very contemporary, like, uh, I can't even think of what a fucking contemporary reference would be when those movies were coming out. I got one. Don't worry. Let me speak. In Knocked Up, there is a Spider-Man 3 reference. Boom. There you go. Yes. That. Um, That is exactly what I... I think what I'm coming from is like they don't in the theatrical cut they really don't they bring it up like once or twice and it's kind of minor but there's a whole fucking character in the extended cut that is an embodiment of one of those online trolls that like comes to life and he's played by Chris Gethard and they cut out Chris Gethard I saw a deleted scene where he got punched in the face and I was like oh Gethard was in the movie but that's what he was basically doing was like being the online troll coming yeah. to life and attacking. So I was just like, well, and I feel so like they, it's too much. Well, I mean, it wasn't because they cut that part out, you know? I mean, like, th- so they were at least aware, you know, of a certain line, but yeah. either way, uh, uh, going back to another previous comment when they're going through like basically all the gear and they're like doing all the, the field tests in the alley and stuff like that. Which, like they probably didn't need. They didn't need to go through all the nuts and bolts of the gear, you know. No, Just like they, that's what that's where the original one does such a good job is that they're just on the job and they're figuring this yeah, out. That's yeah. what I fucking love about the original so much. Is like we're just they're listen. They're just like everybody in life. They're just trying to figure shit out and yeah. like <laughs> and like in the extended cut. There's a cross the streams reference that they bring back later in the movie. Um, at the end, and then they're like, well, that didn't work. Which, I'm glad they cut that out of the theatrical cut. Yeah. It's better without it. Yeah. But yeah, the sequences with the explaining the equipment and whatnot, it's just like, just show us. Yeah. Like, it, it, it literally doesn't matter. Um, like, the... Like, how how funny... I mean, I'm... I'm okay. I'm skipping ahead to the end, but like... When Holt's been showing them like the wood chipper and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's good to get the comedic stuff out of the way. Yeah. Whereas in that sequence when they're using all the weapons to bust all the ghosts, it's a lot cooler that it's not com- it's not comedic, but it's cool. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like, like I like being introduced to the things. You don't you don't have to like explain to me how it functions. Yeah. You know. But I felt like the proton pack definitely <laughs> could have been introduced on the job instead of in an alley. Yeah. Um, um, also, upgrading upgrading the proton pack as the movie went on was kind of weird. A weird choice for me. Yeah, it was very much like the video game, if you ask me. Um, well, they from, didn't add more functions <laughs> from that moment and like through, especially the third act. Very video gamey to me. Yes, there's the ending. There's a sequence after you leave the Cedric Hotel in the video game, and you're going to the yeah. skyscraper to fight Mr. State Puff. That's, That's what it felt the like third act, basically, yeah. And you know what? I love that in the video game, and I love that in this fucking movie. Eh, liked one. Um, I love this Ecto-1. I love it. It looks great to me. 
Yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, I like it that it's a hearse. I think that's pretty dope. I I love that. Um, I think it looks cool. I love it. Like, as soon as, like, even, I think I, yeah. Uh, so I had a buddy who was working a job at Sony at the time. And he sent me a picture of, like, the two Ghostbusters Ecto-1s next to each other. The mm-hmm. old one and the new one. And yeah, ever from ever since then, I was just like, ah, oh, this is it was like it was the the right amount of like homage and and newness that like yeah. they were trying to go for for like a lot of the equipment and stuff like that, and they just didn't quite hit the mark. I feel like they absolutely hit the mark with Ecto One. Yeah, I didn't like the very European um, siren. Ah, <laughs> eh, yeah. Well, I, I I'm I'm joking. I'm just. That line in the movie always made me laugh. You're driving around a very European <laughs> sounding siren. Um, oh, back to the train sequence. Yeah, he's going to be the third scariest thing on that train. That line really made me laugh. <laughs> Which, that ghost was played by Dave Gruber Allen. That's right. From Freaks and Geeks. That thing's the weirdest, like, what? <laughs> All right. Anyway. I just think of like Dave. I just think about him from like Mr. Show and whatnot. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, well, he played a ghost. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. He didn't play. Uh, he didn't play a record store owner. Um, what is my next name? Rob, yeah, Rob Cord. Uh, cut him out. Um, the I was like questioning. I was like, why the fuck are they had this big ass proton pack that they're lugging on a cart? And then of course it comes to the shot of like the proton stream coming out but like that was that's just funny to me. just yeah immediately failing and then Kate McKenna going mark mark funny I love that part yeah and um oh bet one of the one of the one of my favorite lines of the movie is that is Patty talking about Kevin she's like I got a cousin named Mookie who's half as stupid at a war for Vienna sausages that's so fucking funny uh yeah, Leslie Jones is so good at this movie. I just, I, I'm just gonna gush over her in this movie. Here and yeah, Kate McKinnon. Like a majority of the lines I wrote down are Leslie Jones. Lines. If if we did MVP on the show, uh, like for the whole movie, McKinnon and Jones were like neck and neck, yeah. and then Kate McKinnon had basically like the only part of the third act that I liked in that badass fight scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was like okay. That puts her over the top yeah. uh, for me, for MVP, if we did that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Un- equipment scenes unnecessary. Um, Ghost Girls. I wrote this down because there's a great web series from uh, Amanda Lund and Maria Blasucci called Ghost Girls. And Girls has an H in it. Anyway, I recommend looking it up. It's very funny. Like One of them has like, can talk to ghosts and whatnot. The other one doesn't. And they have, it's like, it's what, I feel like this movie could have been, but like, they don't have an equipment or anything like that, but it's like loaded with guest stars. Like they have Val Kilmer in a fucking episode. It's a web series that they made for Yahoo. I don't know if it's on YouTube anymore, but look it up. Ghost Girls. Uh, Girls has an H between the G and the I. I recommend watching it. Anyway. Um, I feel like Rowan would fit in with the metalheads. They seem to really accept him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at that point, he just he's too broken and he can't give anyone a chance. I, I hated it. Like, I feel like, 
I feel um, like if that band was better, he would have. Uh, if that band hadn't sucked just dug as it. much as it did, he would have been like, you know what? I I I found my calling. I, I want to yeah. be a metalhead. Uh, Eugene man- Cordero. Oh, what were you going to say? Sorry. Is Eugene Cordero in this movie? Eugene Cordero is apparently the bassist in that band. Seriously? If you look at the credits, Eugene Cordero is credited as bassist. Huh. And I and I looked at him. You can see him. It is the most it is the widest shot imaginable. But I could tell that is Eugene Cordero. Nice. Anyway. Um <laughs> The Mannequin Ghost. Um that shit nah dog. That's like actually scary. I'm not fucking around with that. <laughs> Cause that was like really well done. I ain't never seen the movie Mannequin, but the ma- the go the mannequin in Ghostbusters answer the call. Yeah. Nah, get out of here. <laughs> I don't like that they use as much CGI with it. I feel like they like was the opening shot with the mannequin a real mannequin? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. That's another complaint about this movie. They could have used more practical effects. That's what I'm gonna be saying for the whole third. Okay, never mind. We'll we'll okay. Um, they eventually do. Uh, I don't have anything else on the concert scene. I do. I have uh, Holtzman breaks the guy's guitar, gives it back to him, and says, "Sorry, can't buy you another one." Yeah. <laughs> and there's then, a uh, real good lineorama. One for just there's a great there's great lineoramas for all of Holtzman's lines and um, and uh, Patty's lines as well. Highly I recommend go back and watch. Need those. to watch those. Uh, Ozzy cameo. The extended cut line is better than the theatrical cut line. Theatrical cut line. He's like Sharon. Sharon. Whatever. I'm having flashbacks again. Like and, and then the, the the extended cut line is like, ah, oh, we did it better in the '70s or like something like referencing like, yeah. Um, a lot of digital cameras in the movie. I've made that note, and then my next note after that is Toby Huss. Do you have anything between the metal show and Toby Huss? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, no, no. It's after that. We've already talked about Bill Murray's cameo, mm-hmm. extended cameo. The Patrick Swayze conversation is very funny. Yeah, where they're talking about Ghost and Roadhouse and combining it with Dirty Dancing. Very funny. Yes. Um. Exposition in this movie. Definitely not as entertaining as the original, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, them explaining shit. Like, the original movie is just like, how the fuck did they pull off all this exposition into being entertaining? Not a fan of the villain. Yeah. Oh, have we t- we've got to the mayor where they get called to the mayor's office? Yeah. At this point, yeah. We haven't talked about the mayor's office yet. One, man... I really hope Cecily Strong has a good post-SNL career. I like her so much. Yeah. And I think she's so funny. Yeah. And I just don't see it happening for her after SNL. Yeah. I mean, she's great in this movie. Her and She is. She's so fucking good in this movie. Um, yeah, she does such a good job of playing that smarmy, you know. Uh, she was a good Kevin Dunn. Not, yeah, no, 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 not Kevin Dunn. She was a good um Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller. That thank yeah. you. Uh yeah. She um this scene, my main complaint about this scene is is shit it's what I have with improv in general put on film is people sitting down 
and talking to each other. And this the camera just cuts. Like a similar scene in the original one, there's movement. Like I just get get some movement in. If you're gonna make a fucking movie, like you, this might as well be a podcast if it's just people yelling at each other. You know, yelling one liners at each other. Uh, I mean, I hate to to go back to it, but that's basically what comedies became at this point. I We're just hate like. It. I don't like it. We we were on digital. We could shoot forever. Just go. You know? Um, Um, Again, we could do this all night long. I, at this point, just got... No, go ahead. I was going to finish my thought. But, like, there's comedies Uh, now. Like, the films of Edgar Wright, for mm -hmm. prime example. And even the Coen brothers, which, you know, their comedies are always great. But, like... Get some shit going on. While, yeah, well, like, those guys are primarily filmmakers. Like, I wouldn't yeah. put the filmmaking prowess of Paul Feig up there with, like, the Coen brothers, you know? That's true. But I just think about Quentin Tarantino. Even he's got some funny shit. But, like, Ta- Taika Waititi, prime fucking example now of, like, making a funny fucking movie that, like, shit happens. Like, anyway, that's what I'm... That's what I... What I hope is what comedy starts gearing towards more is more yeah. stuff like that because this whole sitting sitting and saying funny shit to each other is just not going to cut it for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, want well, everybody, I need everybody to please me. You know what you can blame on that? Who? Who? You know how I know you're gay? Oh my God. It's just it them so, sitting in fucking video game chairs. It was so good in 2004. And and and, and a, uh, aged poorly immediately. Yeah. Um, I this scene in the in the mayor's office. The thing that just bugged me out was just like, does everything become a fucking preemptive COVID response metaphor? <laughs> like, good lord! It just, it like summed it up exactly as to what happened with with COVID response. Yeah. Um, four years before it happened. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It, I, uh, I immediately, it, of course, just think about Mayor from Jaws. Well, yes. But do, don't yeah. you, don't you. Never compare don't me to Mayor Jaws. Never compare me to Mayor Jaws. Um, yeah, that was just the, the part um, that wigged me out. Also, like, you get the FBI agents being played by Homeland Michael Security. K, Homeland Security, excuse me, whatever. Being played by Michael K. Williams and fucking Matt Walsh. That is the weirdest thing, like... It's just another it's another case of, oh, we can hire those people? Yeah, let's do it. Well, it's a case of, like, you can hire Matt Walsh, and most of America's not going to know who that is. Um, but you can, but then you hire Michael K. Williams, like an actually talented, theatrical, like, thespian, but also great screen actor as well. Yeah. To basically do nothing. They do nothing. They have a scene in the extended cut in which they're, they're yelling from a car. But other than that, there's nothing. It's just it's a lot of wasted talent, in my opinion. Which again, I think it's a, the the case of a lot of people that wanted to be in a Ghostbusters movie. That- a lot of that stuff should have gone to character actors, as we said yeah. earlier in the episode. Um, oh yeah, go to Rowan's place, and the part, the line that cracked me up was after he kills himself. Holtzman says, "That's a weird move." <laughs> um, yeah, well, they before they get there. They figure out the whole ley lines thing. Which they which, stole from the video game. Which they stole from the video game. But even then, <laughs> like, I dig the idea of them using ley lines. Um, but, like, the the plot and the MacGuffins of how they get there with, like, the different, 
like electrical things or whatever the fuck. I don't know. It just was like, it was a very convoluted way to get there. You know what I mean? I think I want to talk about for a second, the design of the props in this movie. Mm -hmm. Rowan's devices look too much like the Ghostbusters equipment. Well, and they even talk about that. I mean, that's kind of part of it is they're like, oh, wow, this is very similar to the things that we're using and, and whatnot. Like, well, the thing is, is that like... feels uh, like that was on purpose. Well, I will go back to this. Rowan gets all of his information from Aaron and Abby's book, mm-hmm. whereas all the equipment was made by Holtzman, who had... It would have made sense. Made by like, Holtzman, who was working with Abby, you know? Well, but like her shit, her design stuff for the, all that stuff is not going to be in that book. Is what I'm saying. So it's just like it's yeah, uh, yeah. Meh. Nah, I don't maybe. Know. Maybe if Holtzman wrote a fucking book about engineering and he had that, you know what I mean? Maybe it's in the extended extended cut. You should have watched that. You know what? Go screw. <laughs> Where are we at now? Uh, um, I, I did say that. Um. Because I was getting some just like real Janosch vibes from Rowan at that point with the hair and all that, uh, that I just, I couldn't help but think that mood slime would have been perfect for this scene. Yeah, that would have been funny. My thought during that scene was Rowan should have had a funny sidekick. Hmm. I was thinking about Janosch because Janosch is a funny sidekick to Vigo. Yeah. Anyway. Well, um, Rowan should have been the funny sidekick. Yes, that's the thing. Like, yeah. he should have been the funny sidekick instead of, like, this brooding, which I think Neil Casey's great. Yeah. Huh? But, but like, he also is just very intense, the way he yeah. plays it, you know? Yeah. But this character is just, uh, I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Uh, my next note, this movie's too bright. Well, yeah, I get, okay, so. Let me I just, love how grimy the first two movies are. Uh, Well, it's just very polished and digital and cgi and this is where i go third act kind of falls apart feel like they were making a third act for a video game and it's very similar to the street level of the ghostbusters video game uh the cgi fest is a bummer to me literally it just takes me the the fuck out of it i loved it so much no i was just like just 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 completely ripped from from the movie like i was i was vibing along with it we're going with it and then it was just too much it felt like it was just too much too big too too much all at the same time you know well there's a lot of stuff that goes into that first of all um you got to go big if you're going to top the first two movies and second of all that could have been prevented if they actually stood up and actually did some stuff instead of sitting and talking to each other for, you know, an hour. Well, as far as, like, (laughs) topping the first two movies, like, chances are it probably would have been better if they didn't try and top anything and they just kind of followed the story as it was supposed to go. But again, I I would probably chalk that up to studio notes, you know? Um, That said, in that part, uh, the the proton glove uh, that, um, that Abby has, that shit's dope as hell. Um, everything's dope i, I, I like, love i love yeah. the idea of hand-to-hand combat with ghosts that's just yes. cool to me the weird part uh something that this movie establishes which like when i first watched the movie i was like no you have to catch them you can't just destroy them this yeah. movie never says that never True. says you have to catch a ghost yeah they caught one ghost <laughs> they caught one ghost and it's for research purposes yeah yeah 
And yeah, like, they don't have a way to contain it or anything. Yeah, they just like they just catch it to be like, yeah, we caught a ghost. We they basically a ghost. did a catch and release on that ghost. Yeah, it killed Bill Murray. He threw him out the window, but he uh, threw him out the window. Threw him out the window, but <laughs> yeah, I just love the ending just because it's it's just fun, and that's what I wanted a Ghostbusters movie. It's just fun to me. Um, I will. I do want to also just ask. One thing. I just need I just need this to be confirmation. I never looked it up. I never looked up any interviews to see if this is indeed was a reference to that. But we get Slimer in the third act. And by the way, this Slimer has no ass. No donk on this Slimer. Um Slimer then steals Ecto One and then later comes back and there's a lady Slimer in there. And there's a bit of a party. Now there's a very specific look to this Lady Slimer, and with the original Slimer being a tribute to John Belushi, uh, at the end of Animal House, John Belushi takes off in the Deathmobile with one of the sorority girls that was dressed very similarly to the Lady Slimer. Is this a reference to Animal House? I'm going to say yes. Yes, that's... That's I've that's been bugging me for years, and every time I've brought it up to anyone, they're like, "Rich, what the fuck are you talking about?" That makes a lot of fucking sense. And and that that was pretty much the the post. The, that was the the status that I posted on Facebook immediately after seeing this movie. Was that one thing a reference to that other thing? Um, what, what it was it was uh, uh, loved the new Ghostbusters. If you didn't suck it, was that one thing a reference to the other thing? If it wasn't, still suck it. Um. Before we get to Slimer, I gotta ask you a question. Is Dan Aykroyd's cab driver character racist? Uh, yes, because <coughs> Dan Aykroyd probably is. Uh, he, he is racist, and he is also the same character as the cab driver that's a skeleton in the first Ghostbusters. Wow. Full circle. Full circle. Uh, what was I gonna say? Sam Richardson's one line, going back before that. <laughs> yep. Apparently, Sam Richardson, like an Conan... His most recent episode of like, well, not most recent, but the one that Sam Richardson was on recently, he talks mm-hmm. about how I have never identified with a celebrity bef- more before in my life. But Sam Richardson talks about how he would go to school and talk about Ghostbusters so much that one of his classmates had yelled at him, stop talking about Ghostbusters. <laughs> And I, I was like, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm glad somebody else besides me had this experience. Oh, that's excellent. Um, yeah, I was, I was so delighted to see Sam Richardson in this movie because in 2016, I did not know who Sam Richardson was. Nobody, nobody and, did. Yeah, yeah, and now he is beloved in my life on my television. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was thrilling. No, we goosed We goosed There were goose suits. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole bit with Slimer stealing the Ecto One and going on a joyride is, I love it so much. Yeah, I I was like, who? I was like, why haven't we done this before? Yeah, it's so fucking funny. Um, and they're just like, and he periodically comes back, and they're just like, wow, that thing's really having a good time. <laughs> it's so good, that was and then. Fun. And then in the end, using the Ectomobile to have, like, basically do a ghost bomb mm-hmm. and seal up the portal. Brilliant. That is so yeah. good. That That's good. a good finale. Good wrap up to the movie. But yeah, like, what else I know? Yeah, that's good. Oh, 
shooting giant ghost Rowan in the dick is very funny. <laughs> and then that line is like, is that where we were supposed to aim? Like they they just all naturally thought yeah. to shoot him in the dick, and I thought that was very funny. But yeah, I yeah, I really enjoyed this third act. I don't know. I think you're crazy. There's you're some cool behind the scenes stuff that I watched after the fact that made the third act at least like interesting to me. Yeah. Like the scene the shot where Rowan like steps on a cab. Mm-hmm. Um like that ca- like the process of them like smashing that cab and then like lifting it up. To like where after the point where they decided that Rowan's look was going to be like baggy pajamas instead of just being like tight, like that mm-hmm. was a choice that they eventually came to. Also on the fucking Blu-ray, there's a whole like fe- like featurette on how they made the slime and all the different types of slime, and it is awesome. It's the <laughs> coolest job on earth, and I highly recommend you watch it. Holy uh, shit, it's good. Rip is twelve years old, by the way. I am yes, exactly. We never um, revealed our ages, but we're a twelve year old. Uh but yeah, and that was also really cool, like how they did that. Like they did they tried to do practical, I guess, where they could, but man, it's just so much fucking CGI. It's nuts, man. Um yeah. Kate McKinnon dual wielding proton pistols will always be awesome. Yeah. That that her her whole like segment in that was also just fucking badass. That was great. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. And then she pulls out, licks a gun, and then shoots. It's so great. While the Ghostbusters theme plays. Yeah. It's fucking great. Um, Kevin food bit, where he's eating the sandwich at the end of the movie. <laughs> There's an extended bit with that, and I thought that was hilarious. That one could have gone another beat in theatrical cut, in my opinion. Because they throw him the sandwich, and then he eats it, and he's like, hey, can I get that back? And then throw it back to him, and he eats it. And then Abby slaps it out of his hand again. He's like, oh, I'm kind of thirsty. He's like, hey, can you... And, like, somebody throws him a bottle of water. Yeah. That's so fucking good. Yeah. Who would have thought that Chris Hemsworth... uh, I'm I'm just glad he was in this movie. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I could watch him do anything at this point. I remember when they... Did you watch his... uh, his shark show on Disney Plus? No. It's I great. Told, somebody told me about it. But um, his uh, when they had first announced, they, as they were slowly announcing the cast for this movie as it was coming out, and they announced that Chris Hemsworth was playing the receptionist, I was like, of course a group of ladies, Ghostbusters, would hire a hot receptionist like Chris Hemsworth. I was like, that is the funniest casting. Oh, and it's it's amplified by the fact that he is only hot. Yeah, like, he's so that is fucking stupid. the only thing he could do is be hot. Oh man, it's so great. Uh, the hair turning gray and then the hair color—I thought that was weird. A weird choice. Yeah, it was kind of unnecessary. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Wasn't anything. Um, but the Garfield hairline was very funny. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's Garfield, but it's not the cat. It's the president." funny and then my yeah. last note is the theme song is not good <laughs> yeah wasn't it fallout boy that did it It was fallout boy and missy, and elliott, missy elliott, elliott yeah and in any other world like them doing stuff together would be like oh boy let's let's go what a pairing but nah not this <laughs> um yeah and then we get like all the credit scenes and stuff like that which was fun we get the uh, sigourney weaver cameo um, and how, how, how would you rank the cameos? I mean, 
Ernie Hudson, number one with a bullet. Yeah. Um, Dan Aykroyd, just because it was quick. Yeah. Actually, no. Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, because uh, yeah. she was great. She was. She wanted. She she she's there for a paycheck, and she's like, "All right, we're gonna get through these lines." Um. Uh, then Dan Aykroyd, because it was quick, and then Bill Murray, and then Sigourney Weaver. I think I would rank them that in that order. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver's was weird because it felt like, well, everybody else is doing a cameo. I might as well do one. Yeah. And then Dan Aykroyd's is kind of weird just because, first of all, he's racist. And second of all, he just go, I'm not afraid of no ghosts. Like that, I was just like, oh, whatever, Dan. <laughs> he definitely pitched that line. <laughs> he's like, Paul. And then I say, Paul, Paul. And then I say, I ain't afraid of no ghost. It would have been, this movie would have been a thousand times better if Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray played their homeless guys characters from the deleted <laughs> scenes of the first Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, this movie would have been a lot better if uh, Dan Aykroyd was afraid of a ghost. I mean, so basically just doing his Casper cameo? Yes. <laughs> we have, have we referenced that, that cameo in every episode so far? We, like we, have. we are contractually uh, obligated yeah. to, yeah. By the way, next week on our Patreon, we have a full feature-length commentary. When I say feature-length, I mean just that scene of Casper. The episode lasts <laughs> a minute and a half. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's how I would rate the cameos, for sure. Eddie Hudson's, I, I, just, I just remember being in the theater and him coming in. I'm like, oh, fuck, of course. Of course yeah. that's her uncle. Yeah. Like his cameo was the only one that was set up. There was like it was just set up and pay off. It was yeah. great. Um yeah, and then the last post credit scene. Um well so yeah, eventually they 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 get the, the firehouse yeah. um from the city. Uh we get all the, the credit scenes and then on the the post credit scene, um uh Patty's uh, you know, listening to the EVPs, listening to the white noise, and she says, guys what's Zool? And it's like, yo, give me that sequel. Come on. Now let's start getting into the lore. Now let's start incorporating the other stuff. Let me tell you my reaction to that for that first time was big old eye roll. Cause I was like, I do not want to have another rehash of a, just like our problems that. Well, Hey buddy, that's what you're getting. That's That's what what you're getting now. That's what I'm saying. Our fears are being realized by, it's, I refer to it as the, the Force Awakens yeah. um, move or technique or whatever. It's like, oh, you love this thing? Well, we're going to bring that back. And yeah. it's just like, I don't care. I want something new that's awesome. I mean, that's a lot of why, as from as much sequelitis as Ghostbusters 2 suffered from, um, they were all at least like new things. Like they may have been similar moves, but they were new things. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, yeah, yeah, it's just, just, just more of the same. Yeah. So, how many, um, how many streams would you get this movie? What's this out of again? Uh, out of four streams, because it was four Ghostbusters. I give it three streams. Same. Exactly it. All right. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love. We got to the same place, very different ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, you like certain things about this movie. And I like certain things about this. Together, movie. we like the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's, that's what's, I mean, this movie works for some people. It doesn't work 
you know, it works in some ways for other some people, and yeah. it works in other ways for different people. Yeah. So that's why we're saying this movie's not as bad as what the internet says. Yeah. Oh man. Don't believe everything you read online, kids. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else I want to say about this movie. Yeah, no, I've said everything. I've made all my peace with this movie. I Same. enjoy this movie. I got problems with it, but hey, you know what? That's life, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we have a Patreon, everybody, um, where which we talk about the real Ghostbusters, and they've been fun recording. I, I love them. If you listen to the quarter mile at a time, it's basically that, but with Ghostbusters instead of uh, racing. Trying to think how how else I would pitch that Patreon. That's it, man. We may do commentaries in the future. Um, when we do our next season of this iteration, the next uh, franchise we're going to tackle doesn't really have a a children's show. It does, but I don't want to watch it. So I think um, <laughs> I think what we I haven't pitched this a rip yet, but commentaries once a month, starting with the next season. So it's like. I don't know how you feel about that. I think that'd be fun. I'm intrigued. So we could do commentaries for like the first Ghostbusters, uh, mm-hmm. Furious Seven. Oh yeah. Ooh. Uh, oh man, you're gonna get me crying on on tape. Yeah, on tape, baby. Yeah, we did this analog, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Just like um, we we what... each have huge reel to reels set up in each of our rooms. Yes. And we're still you know over Zoom, so I gotta end up sending these fucking big huge reels yeah. all the way down to Nick, and then he's gotta sync them up. Yeah. It's a whole ordeal. Y'all don't realize how much work goes into these That's things. how. That's why we record this. We're recording this in August, and this episode comes yeah. out in October. That's why we, it takes so long to record. A lot of posts. A lot of posts. Anyway, um, yeah, follow the Patreon, and I'm not going to promote social media because I don't give a shit about it anymore. Rip, what do you got to plug? This episode uh, comes out October 8th, I want to say, if you got anything. Uh, on uh, Instagram at the Whack Pack Live, it's where Rip Rip's open another pack of trading cards every single day. Uh, we raise money for great causes and organizations. At every one hundred dollars raised, I will chew the old gum found in the old packs of cards. Um, and then also around October, we might have something going on. It depends. Well, if you uh, quit singing, I'll, I'll promote something real quick. While you're when when uh, you said this was this was coming out when in October? October eighth. Um. All right. Well, might be doing something. I'm gonna submit that we do something uh, with Bittersweet Fest uh, that the Playground Theaters is uh, putting on at Lincoln Lodge here in Chicago. If uh, if live events are still gonna be a thing uh, by that point, um, hopefully. We don't know. Hopefully, and I don't know, they just announced that they're doing it at this point, so I will be submitting to this. And if, um, keep it locked to the Whack Pack Live on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll let you know if we're actually doing a show or something like that. It's also going to be uh, on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash the Playground Theater. And if we're not going to be part of that, that was just a free ad for their show. Um, or I could just cut this out. Or just cut it out. <laughs> cut um, it out. Follow, uh, we have an inst- we have an Instagram account. I'm gonna promote that. Ready to believe you pod, um, pod. We post like behind the scenes stuff every now and then. I didn't really do that for Fast and Furious because I couldn't really think of anything behind the scenesy to post because they're very um, up until F9. They didn't really show how they did a lot of stuff 
you know, visual effects wise. It kept it close to the chest. But but they that magnet stunt was really cool in F nine. Um, so yeah, behind the scenes stuff and whatnot, just you know, we'll have it's like a, this this is like a companion piece to the podcast. If you're like, what are they referencing? Go to the go to the Instagram and it's probably gonna be there along with you know with a short preview of the episode you just listened to. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think what else that's pretty much it for me to think of um next episode next week you can listen to the patreon episode where we'll be covering what episode of real ghostbusters i love that this whole plugs thing is us just looking shit up this is the eighth this will be the 15th oh this is a cool episode i've never seen but it looks awesome ragnarok and roll I don't know. It looks dope. Any, any Anything called Ragnarok and Roll, speaking of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, um, there you go. And then in two weeks, we're going to have our episode about toys, which I think we're going to do a a video for this one, a little Zoom video, because obviously, talking about toys is going to be very visual. Rip's got uh, toys in the background, including a Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. I don't care about what's next to that. Uh, the Hulk Wrestling Hogan, Buddies? Wrestling Buddy, but next to that is a Proton Pack. Inbox all the parts and the instructions. Yeah. It was a, an anniversary gift um, right. because uh, I'm a very lucky man. <laughs> and we're, yes, yeah, we that, use it for sex. But yeah, uh, nice. <laughs> no, fucking nice, man. No, thanks, man. Uh, so yeah, Ghostbusters toy episode. That'll be coming out in two weeks. Hell yeah. Actually, no, it's not. The next episode is not even about Ghostbusters. Oh, we're going back. back. We're going back to a little town in Illinois, everybody. We're going to Haddonfield. There you go. So that's going to be dope. So be on the lookout for that. And Rip might not be in that episode. Maybe a different co-host. Maybe the original co-host. It's got to be the original co-host. The The OCH. So, um, yeah, Rip, you're more welcome to join if you want to. Anyway, I'll let y'all. I'll let y'all do your thing. Cause you, uh, you guessed it on the first episode. I did. Of, uh, Welcome to Haddonfield. I did. I could have been the third host, and you just kept auditioning different hosts. So yeah, that whole that whole season was us auditioning. The next season, I'm not even going to be a host. Um, which would be a real <laughs> weird experience. So Could yeah, be a, uh, a ghost host. So yeah, in two weeks we'll be Welcome to Haddonfield talking about Halloween Kills, but. On November 5th, yeah, we're talking about the toys, so that'll be a video one. It'll be audio, but as well be a video, so if you want to watch the video portion of that, I think we'll post that on the Patreon. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been Nick Lathan. And uh, I've been Rip Camelucci. How about I don't stutter over my fucking name this time? It happens sometimes. And um, take us out with a quote, Rip. Baba Booey! Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.